the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back as we head into Hour 2. It is a real delight and privilege to bring to the show Ami Horowitz. He is a uh, a filmmaker, documentarian. Uh, Many of you know him from his tremendous work over at Prager University. Ami, welcome, uh, welcome to the Airwaves of Phoenix. It's a delight to have you, sir. It's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. You do such interesting things for those that know your career, but just for the audience, since you're our first time here on this show, would you mind doing just a small, short autobiography for those that may not be uh, uh, familiar with you or your work, just however you want to cast it, how you came to be doing what you're doing? Sure. Um, I was an investment banker. That was kind of my uh, my old business. And about uh, 15 years ago, I decided to make a movie. And it was a feature theatrical film uh, called You and Me about uh, how terrible the UN was and kind of a black, humorous style, like a Michael Moore style documentary. And it did really well. And it opened up a whole bunch of opportunities. And I, I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to make another movie and spend five years on one topic and several million dollars. So what I did was I started making these shorts. And uh, they kind of vary between stunty shorts, where I'm sure you guys have seen where I'm on the street asking people questions or waving the ISIS flag one day and the U.S. flag the next. And the other kind of of videos I make uh, are these kind of mid-range-sized documentaries, 10 to 15 minutes, uh, where I go in-depth in a serious way on a particular topic, like the one we're talking about today. Um, And that's kind of uh, what I've been doing for the last last while. The one we are going to talk about, yeah, thank you for for teeing that up. It's it's your latest uh, video for Prager University. Uh, You can get it at PragerU.com. It's free. Israelis or Palestinians, who's more tolerant? Before I get into that with you, Ami, I I just can't help but think that there's a link. You did an in-depth study, as you said, uh, on the United Nations. There is a link here to understand, if you understand in-depth the United Nations, you can understand or begin to understand the inversion of rationale in the inversion of the David and Goliath nature of the Middle East, particularly when it comes to Israelis or Palestinians. Daniel Moynihan was at the UN. He said it's a dangerous place. I'm sure that's what you discovered, too. And it's also true of the Middle East, right? No question about it. Uh, it, it is a, it's an organization that is primarily populated by bad actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and bad actors and countries that support and do not fight against the bad actors. Uh, so therefore, the Western democracies or the democracies in general are in a minority and, and, and simply can't push forth the agenda that they want. That's, that's one level. The second level, of course, is you have, um, you have ossification at the top because the, the Permanent Security Council uh, is made up of people who have different agenda. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Russia and China on one end, and then you have uh, France and, and England and the United States on the other. So they're not able to get anything and move anything forward. And if they did move something forward, it's usually not good for the United States, definitely not good for Israel. So, yeah, and that is, in fact, a... Um, 
unfortunately, uh, a, a microcosm of what we're seeing in the world, a trend we're seeing in the world generally. Yeah, that's right. You, you, you're good. You, you're smart to put that contrast there by just looking at the Security Council itself. The the China worldview versus the American worldview is very much close to what we're dealing with the worldview of the Palestinian leadership and the Israelis, isn't it? One very different view of life, which is why you have the subtitle, Who's More Tolerant? You want to get into it? Tell us. Who's more tolerant, Tommy? Uh, Spoiler alert. Yeah, it's not the Palestinians. I'll tell you that. Okay. You know, the the reason why I made this, this video is because there's this bizarre alliance between, in general, the left and radical Islam. And on, on any level, it doesn't make any sense. And then if you dig down a little deeper, you see an alliance between uh, the gays, the LGBTQ, and radical Islam. And it's, it's a, it is bizarre to see, because they have nothing in common, right? I mean, you, in fact, they're, they're, they're in direct contrast, in opposition to one another, in terms of what the core values are. So we're left questioning, how could it be that they have this alliance. If you ask, as I did at the beginning of my video, people, random people in the streets of Castro, San Francisco, gay people in the street, who do you support? Every, it wasn't overwhelming. It was every single person. We support the Palestinians. We stand against Israel. And, and if, you, if you want to figure out why that is, one word, intersectionality, mm-hmm. or a second word, victimhood, mm-hmm. the two are connected, mm-hmm. is that they see themselves, victimhood, is a far, it's bizarre to, to, to think about it, but victimhood, the cult of victimhood, is a far stronger bond than even what you think are your core values. Right. So the LGBTQ say, hey, we're victims in our country, you're victims with in, 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 in the, your country vis-a-vis Israel, therefore we're connected, mm-hmm. even though like, nothing could be further from the truth. And when I laid out the truth, when I went deep into the heart of the Palestinian territories, and I spoke and asked people who are Palestinian what they think about gay people, and you got the most horrific answers. And I showed it to the people who just said their support for the Palestinians, it changed the entire narrative, which is a good thing, which means we can win this argument, we can win this ideological battle with the truth. Uh, Ami, thank you for putting it that way, and, and, and we'll get to that in just a, uh, further into that in just a moment. The way I have cast it, pitched it, and I'll run it through you and you tell me if I've got it right or if I'm exaggerating. When you listen to some of the greatest opponents, uh, let's call them haters of Israel. They're not, they're, they're not shy about this. Uh, Congress people like Ilan Omar or Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or even Rashida Tlaib or, you know, the squad, Ayanna Presley in that core. When they're talking about either, let's say, abortion rights or gay LGBTQ rights, if they were to go and give one of those talks, at, say, Birzeit University, how long would they last? You don't have to speculate. Actually, Ilan Omar, and this didn't make a lot of news, but it was fascinating. Ilan Omar, whose district is primarily Somali, well, not primarily, it's a, it's a significant Somali community, mm-hmm. actually Jewish and Somali, mm-hmm. is how she was, unfortunately. Um, she, she was at a rally, a big Somali concert, and she gave a speech, and she was booed yeah. by the Somali community, because yeah. they do not hold the values that she holds. In fact, I'm not even sure she knows those values. I think she's so hungry, hungry for power. I think she's, she, she's doing it because it was her ticket to, uh, to stardom, which she got. But she was booed by the Somali community. And I think that's a really, really important and telling moment. 
So, yeah, they don't, they, no, she would not get very far in Paris State University. In fact, I don't think she'd get out at all. That's what I think. And the weird thing is, for all the animus she has for Israel, that's where she'd be safe to teach it, right? <laughs> you, you are speaking what is so obvious to us which is incredibly unobvious to other people. Absolutely. She would be have the freedom to speak her mind in Israel and walk away unscathed. Now, they may not agree with her, yeah. but they will respect her. Absolutely. But no, she couldn't say any of the things she believes in any Arab country in this world. Hebrew University would welcome her. No Arab university in the Middle East would tolerate those views. But it also goes to the question of tolerance, which is the, t- the subtitle of your, your documentary, Israelis or Palati- Palestinians, who's more tolerant? Israel really is kind of the haven for the gay community, not just in Israel, but the entire Middle East, right? You know, what's funny is that when I was looking how to approach this topic, because it was an important topic for me, and it was one that I wrestled with uh, for a long time, and I finally expressed what I've been feeling through this documentary. The one approach, and this is the approach that unfortunately most pro-Israel people have taken in order to try to convince the LGBT community to come to their side, is they've gone positive. They've said, look how good we are to gay people. We throw parades. And unfortunately, the response of the gay community is, well, you're a Western democracy. You don't get a cookie for being good to gay people. You're supposed to. In fact, they've weaponized Israel's approach by creating this insidiously beautiful term called pinkwashing, which means you are washing your sins of the Palestinians with our gayness. They've actually weaponized Israel saying how good we are to the, and open we are to the gay community. And when I found that whole thing so fascinating, which is why I took the opposite approach, was I went negative. I said, these are your allies. And in fact, there was one moment where some, now every single person I spoke to changed their mind. We were watching the video, we filmed them in real time, and you watched them literally change their worldview in real time. It was incredible. And one guy actually did push back. One guy. He goes, okay, look, you've proven a point that the people I support, they're not good people. They're doing bad things to my people. But you still haven't answered the question on why I don't support Israel, is that Israel is still committing atrocities to the Palestinians. So I said, let me look at, and this is all on camera. I said, let me ask you this one question. I said, you have two sides saying the exact opposite thing. You can only believe one, right? Israel either targeted the hospital or they did target the hospital. There's no two ways about it. Which side are you going to choose to believe? The side that's throwing you parades or the side throwing you off of roofs? And he looked at me and he goes, that's a really great way of approaching it. I agree. I've changed my mind. I support the side who throws my, my, my people parades. Ami Horowitz, fantastic. That is just a taste of how good this uh, documentary, this uh, short documentary is over at Prager University. PragerU.com is where you can get it. Israelis or Palestinians, who's more tolerant? And you can look up even more of Ami Horowitz's work at his website, Ami Horowitz, A-M-I-H-O-R-O-W-I-T-Z. Delightful and privileged to have you, Ami. I hope we can do it again. Um, Thank you for your service to actually not this country but the world. My pleasure. Thank you very much. It's very kind. You betcha. Thank you, sir. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by Y-Refi. If you're looking for a remarkable and unique investment opportunity with a great return for investors, check out Y-Refi. It's a due diligence approved firm. That's offering up a fixed no-load interest rate up to 10.25% return for investors, all in a secure and collateralized 
portfolio investors and why refi do well by doing good for others. They're in the helping business, helping people dig and pay off totally their debts and with dignity, getting their FICO scores fixed and all other kinds of benefits along the way. If you're interested in being part of this, check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, and then refy.com, investyrefi.com, or give them a call. 855-316-3087, 855-316-3087. 855-316-3087, 855-316-3087. Let me get back to uh, education in a few moments. But first, just putting together uh, this, this, this series of immediate political and cultural shifts, immediate, snap of the fingers, immediate, you know, um, with regard, with regard, especially to to COVID and in, in our in, in our in our society, so it's announced that Joe Biden has attracted or contracted COVID, and this is a man who's uh, you know completely vaxxed and boosted four shots, uh, like Anthony Fauci, right? And these are the people who have been, I'm assuming, I'm assuming practicing what they preach because they wouldn't be hypocrites. I'm assuming, you know, they're wearing the mask as the patriotic duty. I'm assuming they're doing everything they can to be as careful as possible. And they still get it. And they still get it. And the difference between how this country is talking about it with Joe Biden today versus how they were talking about it in October of 2020 when Donald Trump got it is not only immense, so, too, is the way this administration, Joe Biden, is talking about it, as opposed to the way he was talking about it in 2020. Let's start with uh, Karen Jean-Pierre, who is the um, press secretary to the White House. This, this is an incre- There's a couple of incredible audio bits I want to play from you for, for you from today. Uh, she's here with um, Dr., uh, Dr. Jha, the COVID policy coordinator at a White House excuse me, press briefing earlier this, uh, earlier this, uh, well, I, it, it was this morning for us, but it was earlier in the afternoon in Washington, D.C. Just listen to this by play for a moment. Where was he infected? I, I don't think we know. Um, I certainly don't know if you, if you have any thoughts I, on I, it. Look, I, I don't think that that matters, right? I- it doesn't matter where. It doesn't matter where. What was the, you know, what was the point of, <laughs> Okay. Boy, it sure mattered. It sure mattered when it was Donald Trump. I'm old enough to remember. I'm old enough to remember a ton of front page stories and editorials about did Donald Trump have it when he went to the debate with Joe Biden. I'm old. I'm old enough to remember in 2020 all the speculation of not only did he have it, but where he got it and how did he get it? And is he infecting others. That's what I'm remembering from 2020. Today, it doesn't matter where Joe Biden got it. I think what matters is we prepared for this moment. I think what matters uh, is what Dr. Jha just laid out. Uh, if we look at where we were, were a year and a half ago, this is a president, when he walked in, one of his first priorities was to make sure we had a comprehensive plan to get people vaccinated. You know what he had to do to make sure there was a comprehensive plan? Look down at his desk. It was there for him waiting. It had been given to him by the previous administration, which had also developed the vaccine. Do, 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 do certain chills... Go up your spine when she said, I think what matters is we prepared for this. What what could that possibly indicate to you? We prepared for this. 
79-year-old man has COVID. We prepare for this. The 79-year-old man just yesterday told us he had cancer for what that's worth. And we'll get into all that a little bit later, too. But Joe Biden, uh, like Donald Trump, Donald Trump went to Walter Reed when he had it. Joe Biden, it doesn't look like he has or will be. Um, and all to the good, uh, you know, the less reason to go to the hospital, the better. And that that's probably a, a good indication. But but here's Joe Biden. And I wish I so wish only once in a very short while. I so wish I had a camera. I could show you these things. But you do a little bit of searching on social media. You can find it. Joe Biden spoke to the nation today uh, from um, I guess it would be the portico at the White House question as to whether he's in front of a green screen. I can see why people may speculate over that. And this is a White House that has made great use of green screens. I still don't know exactly why. It's another mystery wrapped in a riddle surrounded by an enigma that constitutes how the Biden White House is doing things so differently, not just from the previous administration, but the other 44 administrations before that. Um, It's very odd. Anyway, let's not focus on that. Let's focus on what it is He says, hey, folks, guess you heard this morning I tested positive for COVID, but I've been double vaccinated, double boosted. Symptoms are mild. And uh, and I really appreciate your inquiries and your concerns. But I'm doing well. I'm getting a lot of work done. Going to continue to get it done. And uh, and in the meantime, thanks for your concern and keep the faith. It's going to be okay. Keep the faith. It's going to be okay. I'm glad. I'm happy for that. I wish... No one hurt by anything. Um, But was that the messaging? Was that the messaging before? Keep the faith. It's going to be okay. Or was the messaging prepare for a winter of illness and death? Whoopee, we're all going to die, as Country Joe and the Fish sang at Woodstock and and since. David Marcus puts it this way. The messaging from the White House today is that it's no big deal if a 79-year-old gets covid If that's true, then it really is time to just move the heck on. Why are we doing to kids again as we're getting ready for the school year to start again with the mask and vaccine nonsense? Why are we doing this? We know the data on kids. We know. You know what we know? We know this. And I I would do it about other states if I could, except they don't all report. They don't all report these things. They don't all report breakthrough deaths. We don't. Not publicly anyway. Wish we did. Federal government used to, doesn't anymore. Some states do. Illinois, we know that four, let me, let me, let me get this as specifically accurate as I can. Four times as many fully vaccinated people died from COVID in the state of Illinois alone as the entire population of those under the age of 18 from COVID. Fully vaccinated residents of Illinois, four times more deaths than the entire range of 18-year-olds and younger in this country over the course of two and a half years. And yet we're going back to vaccines and masks for kids when the messaging from the White House is, if you're a 79-year-old, we're going to be okay. No big deal. Move on. Why do we keep punishing the children suffer the little children. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. You're not going to you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Yeah.
Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. I just love that song. It's a, one of the lesser-known songs uh, of the Steve Miller Band, but it's a beautiful song. Uh, we're talking about the song Dance, 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 if you're joining us uh, via the podcast that doesn't have the um, the music bumpers, which uh, which is a, a great tool to have. But you want the music here, folks. Trust me, you do. People come for the talk. They tell me they often stay for the music. I was making the point uh, in the previous segment, as I was in the first hour, about what is this fascination? Uh, it's it's more than that. What is this theology of the day? That's really what it is. It's a theology of the day that wants to uproot and create a disturbance in the force of our youths and children's lives so dramatically, whether it's what we did to them with COVID and what we're beginning to do again. We did it through summer camp. And we're doing it with masks and vaccines again throughout the country, from San Diego to New York. We're doing it again with the kids. Meanwhile, a 79-year-old who has it and is the leader of the free world says, nothing to worry about, we're going to be okay. So 79-year-old who, I don't know, seems to me has also some other conditions, says we're going to be okay. Okay, great. I I hope so. I, I really do. I've been saying we're going to be okay since when, Bill? February of 2020 or March of 2020? March 12th of 2020, I've been saying we're going to be okay. It was this guy who was telling us we all need to be running around panicking with our hair on fire. But he's going to be fine, evidently. And Corinne Jean-Pierre, the uh, White House press secretary, says it doesn't even matter that we don't know where he got it from. No contract tracing important contact tracing important anymore. That's that's over. But the kids, yeah, we're going to continue to punish them, and not just with this, with the not just theology of the day on public health fright, but the theology of the day on racialism, and of course, whatever you want to call this weird, to me incomprehensible effort and interest in. In, in, in promoting their sexualization, their hypersexualization and their concerns over their sex, things that belong so commonsensically and historically not to the state or the school, but the parent. You want to know where it comes from. I was talking about this a few days ago, and I'm thinking it's important to talk about it again. We're going to have Shiri Sapir on, candidate for superintendent. In the next hour, I want to talk to her about this. But if you want to know where it comes from, of course it comes from socialist societies where the schools are completely known as government schools. But even socialist, quite frankly, is too much of a whitewash. Quite frankly, it's too much of a vitiation and an attenuation of what's behind it. It's not socialism. It's outright Marxism, outright Marxism. It's in chapter two of the Communist Manifesto by Karl Marx and Frederick Engels. Almost everything we are seeing in the left today is from chapter two of that book. If you want to go read a part of it, if you don't have time to read the whole thing, just read chapter two. For there you will find not only why the Black Lives Matter movement, which calls itself a Marxist organization, wants to eradicate the Western idea and concept of the traditional family. That's there in Karl Marx's phrase. He wants to vanish it and how important it is 
to vanish the family structure. How is he going to do it, he says, he and, he and Fred Engel, Frederick Engels say. How? How? Social education, the education, folks, the education system. And we know this from communist youth movements. We know this from Nazi youth movements. We know the importance of kids. 1920, 1920, Vladimir Lenin gave a speech titled Tasks of the Youth Leagues. It's about as good a tease as I can come up with as we head to break. Stay tuned and I'll tell you all about that when we come right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by the only company I use for any air conditioning and plumbing needs. I have heating in the winter. Don't need to worry about it now, but that's the company called Cool Touch right here, Arizona-based. A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Never a complaint to the ROC. I've used them a ton. My friends have, and they are fan. Fantastic. They do what they say, and they say what they're going to do. They're open 24-7 because they know that when you have air conditioning and plumbing problems, those air conditioning and plumbing problems don't just work from 9 to 5 against you. They can come at any point. CoolTouchAC.com or CoolTouch.us. You can also give them a call at 623-748-4942. Rich is in Scottsdale. Hello, Rich. Hi, good afternoon. How are you, sir? My, my question is, I'm going out of town, and I'm going to be back before the election, and I'm not 100% sure on some of the candidates that I think I would want to vote for, so I wanted to get a list from you oh my. of who you're voting for, because you're smart. <laughs> you're, well, you're kind, Rich. Thank you. Um, I've done a few on this, uh, and I'm happy to answer you directly. I, I keep getting these emails and requests. Let me let me do it this way. First of all, I did the bulk of a... First of all, any show you missed, you can get at 960thepatriot.com. It's all there for you free. You don't need to subscribe or pay anything. Everything I do is, is available there for you free. And the show I did, the extensive explanation as to who I was endorsing and why is July 8th, and it was in the first hour of the July 8th show. So if you go there, you can get that. But I'm happy to do an abbreviated version with you right now and for anyone you want. I, there are some races I haven't made a, uh, an, uh, I haven't made an endorsement and I haven't um, publicly disclosed or even decided on, in some cases, who I'm voting for yet. But I'll run down the candidates I have endorsed. Bill, help me out if I'm forgetting any races, because I sometimes do. Uh, for me, there's no question. I had a piece in the Washington Times yesterday. Uh, you can get it on uh, uh, online or through my Twitter feed or anyone else's that uh, had nice and damning things to say about me. But for the governor's race, uh, there's no question but uh, that Karen Taylor Robeson is the right candidate for me. Uh, going down the line. Can, can you talk about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just, let me give you the list and then I'm happy to go okay. through any of it. But. Uh, July eighth, I go into it a lot, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take up a lot of time here. Plus, I wrote it out okay. in the Washington Times uh, yesterday, and it's gotten uh, a lot of a lot of uh, 
attention. So I'll, I'll save a little time there. But if you have a specific question, I'm happy to answer. Uh, for Secretary of State, which is uh, next down the, the ballot list, I believe it's, uh, for me, no question, Shauna Bullock. For Attorney General, it's no question, Abe Hamaday. Uh, I earlier... Uh, I uh, I earlier uh, made the commitment to endorse Jeff Wenninger for treasurer, and uh, let's see um, here in um, what what am I what races am I missing? You guys tell me. County Attorney Rachel Mitchell, um, I think Sherry. Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't mention Sherry. She'll be on the show later today too. I'm in, I'm endorsing Sherry Sapir for Superintendent of Public Instruction. If you have a dis- you know if you have a basically discreet question about any of it. Rich, right now, I'm happy to do it. But July 8th is where I did it really comprehensively if you want to or if anyone wants to save time. But if you have a question, I'm happy to entertain it. Yeah, go ahead. Schweikert? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm for David Schweikert. You bet. And uh, what about the the other guy, uh, begins with a B, um, the other state representative, uh, the other uh, representative? I'm not. I, I'm not sure, and it's entirely likely that. Oh yes, in uh, in uh, yes, I am. I am of course su- supporting Kelly Cooper uh, in the newly created CD one. That's a that's a good reminder. There may be some state races. I support Vera Gibran to the hilt, who's running in my district. Uh, but there may be uh, some other races that I don't live in the district. You may have. You know, I may not know those names or that district very well. But if there's uh-huh. another one, that, another race I didn't mention, feel free. Um, yeah, I have not made a public declaration on that. Here's what here's here's what I will tell you about my issue on the Senate race. I um, I think let's see. Yes, it's fair to say I know all of the candidates, some a little bit better than others, but I know them all. And it's what I would call an embarrassment of riches. Um, and let me try it this way. I moderated one of their debates some months ago and was with someone who I think would describe themselves as a moderate Republican. That's how they would describe themselves. Uh, by that, think of someone like George H.W. Bush as their kind of perfect Republican. OK, we have that. Right. We, we, we know these people. Right. They're part of our party, too. And um this person listened to the entire debate of uh, of these candidates, from Blake Masters to Jim Lehman to um, all of them. And afterwards, this person said to me something really interesting. This person said, now I know why Martha McSally wasn't meant to win that seat last time. And I said, what are you talking about? This person said to me, it's so that one of those great people on the stage could do it. It's for them. That seat is for them. They're that good. All of these people have their own benefits to them, Rich. It's an embarrassment of riches, I think. So you're not going to pick between Masters or Layman? Well, I will have to at some point, but I'm not not able to give you my commitment on that over the air. Okay, and then as far as Carrie Lake versus... um, uh, yeah, July eighth. I go into it at length, and I certainly uh, would commend to you uh, my Washington Times piece from yesterday. Easily available. All right. Yeah. You see a lot of attack ads. You yeah. know That Hillary donated money to Obama, and she was for open borders. But I know Robson's, you know, a rich, rich person from you know knowing her husband's in real estate and 
I know. Do you like Donald Trump? Well, better than Joe Biden. Do you like Donald Trump Jr.? I I don't know where this idea that someone who builds their business from zero, from scratch, as her husband did, from scratch, from nothing. This man was a poor man, built houses, built houses, built them with his own hands, figured out how to build a better mousetrap, and did very well. Karen on her own, single mom for 12 years. Uh, this notion <laughs> this notion that she is just the beneficiary of her husband is nonsense, and I've never s- seen anything so ugly as questioning someone's marriage the way the late campaign has done to hers, complete with lies, by the way, complete with lies. In any event, Karen uh, has worked hard her entire life. I, you know, I, I, we have talked about, I've seen her in court at eight months pregnant as a single mom. Uh, she built her own business long before she married her own husband and uh, run her own law firm, signed the front of checks uh, more than signing uh, the back of them. Uh, hard working woman. Read my Washington Times piece, please. It's all there. It's all there. Just Google or use whatever research uh, tool you like on, on the web. Uh, a lot of people like uh, DuckDuckGo, but Seth, Seth Liebson, Karen Robeson, whatever, Seth Liebson, Washington Times, you'll get it. Or just go to 960thepatriot.com for the July 8th uh, first hour. Thanks, Rich. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. I think uh, I didn't get to the uh, the quote from Vladimir Lenin I wanted that helps explain the importance of the um, of the youth the importance of brainwashing and grabbing the youth as early as possible uh, and getting them as soon as you can uh, to convert uh, them in their political ideology. Uh, It comes from Chapter 2 of the Communist Manifesto, of course. Uh, More recently, uh, Vladimir Lenin, in a speech in 1920, Task of the Youth Leagues, we need that generation of young people who began to reach political maturity in the midst of a disciplined and desperate struggle against the bourgeoisie. In this struggle, that generation is training genuine communists. It must subordinate to this struggle and link up with it, each step in its studies, education and training. Each step and its studies, education and training. That's why Karl Marx said, it will be through social education that we will defeat the Western notion of the family, which is the building block of most civil societies, which is one of the first thing the Marxists want to go after, and they do so by using the schools. That's why we are seeing five-year-olds being used as tools of instruments and instruments of propaganda. That's why. If you want to know where it comes from, that's where it comes from. And when you have the NEA, the National Education Association, not even trying to hide it, putting out, as they did two weeks ago at their conference in Chicago, this phrase, NEA is a social justice union that is a majority female and trans and gender nonconforming FOLX who will fight against these attacks on our members and the reproductive rights of all people who are able to. They're not just changing the family. They're not just doubling down on being a social justice organization and no longer an education organization. They're trying to change human nature, which was the interest of Karl Marx, too. Trying to change human nature when they talk about all people who are able to. All people who are able to what? Reproductive rights. Reproduce. That means birthing men. That's what the National Education Association is about. And When you talk about the problem of the unions in this country, we're not talking about the unions flirting with socialist tendencies anymore. We're not talking about them flirting with Marxist tendencies anymore. We're talking with them embracing it. We're talking we're talking about them embracing it. 
look, COVID woke up a lot of people to what was going on in the schools. That's one thing. You have to be awake before you can walk. Who said that? You have to be awake before you can walk. Now that we're awake, it's important to walk. It's important to walk. The new walk-away movement in this country has to be with schools that are under the thumbscrew of this kind of junk thought. I'm Seth Liebson. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.